Hello everybody, Julian Charles here of TheMindRenewed.com, coming to you as usual from the depths of the Lancashire countryside here in the UK, and welcome to TMR's Election Special, or uh, as I'm tempted to call it, the Selection Special, because I'm quite sure that many of you listening out there, if you're here in the UK, are wondering, like me, if you want to vote for any of the blighters on offer at all, for one reason or another, but here we are, uh, we're just about to have a general election, or general selection, due to take place, of course, on the 12th of December, just a few days from now, and uh, So I thought it would be rather a good idea to invite one of the party leaders to join us on the programme for comment and insight. And of course, neither Boris Johnson nor Jeremy Corbyn were up for coming on. But I am delighted to say that the person at the very top of my list of invitees, the one and only Alan Howling Lord Hope of the official Monster Raving Looney Party was eminently available for coming on the show. And he joins us now, uh, indeed for a second time on the programme, he joins us now from his home in uh, Fleet in Hampshire. Um, Alan, thank you very much indeed for joining us again on the programme. Thank you very much for inviting me. It is a delight. I'm I'm very privileged. (laughs) The privilege is all mine. It is a delight to be chatting with you again, because I very, very much enjoyed it the last time that we chatted. I think it was a couple of years ago. It was, yeah. Yeah, and I hope this will be as entertaining and indeed as strangely informative as it was last time. And I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure we can make that happen. Yes, I think, <laughs> I think we can, because there were some things that I learnt about you and your party last time that came as something of a surprise to me, so maybe there'll be some more serendipities as we go along. Hmm. Um, anyway, we're going to talk about the upcoming election, uh, and particularly about your party's latest manifesto, which you put up on the... Uh, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh-huh. You call it manic, manic festo. Your, your manic festo. You're quite yes. right. Yes, 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 yes. For the for the manic, not the few. I think is your yes. line this year. Yes. Yeah, excellent. Well, okay, that was put up on the Facebook page, so I had a look at that, and it's put up by your, I think, your right hand man called. Is it Mister? Are you serious? Is that right? Mister, are you serious? Mister, are you serious? And the fire and brick. And the- so let's run our websites between them. Yes, excellent. Um, well, can we start, before we get on to all of that, there are lots of people who will not know about you, etc., many people who won't have heard the last interview with you, so could we start with you and your party, for the sake of those listeners? Um, could you tell us, let's say, what the official Monster Raving Looney Party is, and what it's trying to do, briefly? Um, yeah, the official Monster Raving Looney Party started off way back in 1982, between myself and Screaming Lord Such. He became the leader, obviously, and I became chairman and deputy leader. Um, we call ourselves the Monster Party. Monster meaning big, obviously. The biggest party out there in British politics isn't Labour, Conservative or Liberal. So if they don't vote, they are the Monster Party. They are the big party. If all them people voted for us, we would win hands down, wouldn't we? That's why we're the Monster Party. You mean because if people did vote for you, instead of voting for everybody else, then you would be the Monster Party? No, 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 I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. The people who don't vote uh-huh. at all, they are the biggest party. I see. They are the monster yes. party. Okay, yeah. Yes, yes it's, it's a bit difficult because we are actually on... I'm obviously recording here on Skype, but you're on mobile, aren't you? Because we, unfortunately, you're Skype. Don't make excuses, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, just for the sake of people perhaps finding it difficult to hear okay. what you are saying generally, it is a, quite a bad line because you are on mobile. But I, right. I, I, it was a genuine mistake on my part. I'm not trying to make excuses at all. Um, okay. <laughs> over the years, over the years, we've we put forward things, hmm. things like for 18 year olds, because we actually started that in 1963. As a national teenage party. Yeah. 
Well, the campaign for votes 18, because she couldn't vote till 21. She'd be called up and go in the Army, Navy or the Air Force at 18. She didn't the gun, we're going to shoot somebody, maybe, and you couldn't vote, and we thought that was wrong. So, eventually, that went through Parliament. We campaigned, at the same time, for the abolition of the 11th Cross. The 11th Cross was an exam you took at 11 years old, whether you passed or whether you didn't. You went to a grammar school or a secondary school, and that probably in those days affected the sort of job you'd get for the rest of your life. And we thought that was pretty unfair at 11 years old. So, they actually changed that to the 13 Plus. Um, a little later on, we campaigned for passports for pets. Don't miss silly, that's loony. All we were saying was, why can't you have your dog or your cat inoculated at the vet? You can have a little passport, two weeks on holiday, and come back without going through quarantine. Well, what are they doing now? Exactly that. All our ideas. Um, in fact, this coming election now is my ninth general election. I will have done 26 parliamentary elections after this one. Anyway, MPs often say to me over the years, we always look at your manifesto, which we know that somewhere in there is something that needs done. So <laughs> that's, that's a pat on the shoulder, really, isn't it, eh? That's very good, actually, yeah. So they always look at what you're suggesting. See, that's one of the things that I learned last time, that your party is, although it is a satirical party, it isn't just that, is it? It is suggesting things that, as you say, do get picked up by mainstream parties. And, of course, part of what you're doing is to pinpoint some of the absurdities that are actually out there in the political world. And so I think, you know... I remember being on a, a, a television chat show once, hmm. with Andrew Neal, I think, something like that. I mentioned at the time that, um, did you know that farmers were hyping up the price of milk, pulling it down mine shafts, and they started looking into it, and we had these butter mountains. We're going to use them. Let's turn them into ski slopes. Let's turn them into tourist traps. Mm. And it was then they started handing butter and cheese back to the old age pensioners, just because we highlighted it. So it all works its own way, you know. I can remember another time when I was down in Dillon. I was a town councillor down there for 13 years on a loony party ticket. As recently as 1998, 1999, and the year 2000. I was the town mayor, chairman of the council, and lord of the borough. Yes, all on a loony party ticket. <laughs> and I can remember one time down there in Devon, just like everywhere else around here, that's where you live as well, potholes in the road. Mm. District councils weren't doing anything about them at all. Absolutely. So I started a national Save Our Pothole Society. <laughs> Save Our Potholes for Our Young. Of course, that made the newspapers, didn't it? Headlines. Do you know what? Within two weeks... Every pothole was filled. So it works. Absolutely, yes. I seem to remember you saying that last time. However, I've got to challenge you because now, in your latest manifesto, you've reversed that policy, haven't you? Because now you're going to put little plastic ducks in the potholes. Well, yes, but you see, the thing is, at the moment, these potholes, they just draw a white ring around them, don't they? They do. You know, when that pothole is full of water, you don't see it. No. You, you would still drive through it, wouldn't you? Because you wouldn't know it was there. But if there was a little yellow duck there, you would see it in your headlights. <laughs> A little plastic duck? Yeah. Yes, yes. The only pro- See, and I was going to ask you about this later, but I'll ask you now, but isn't there a flaw in your policy in that those ducks are going to get hit by tyres at some point and then be thrust aside into the verge? They wouldn't well, be... no, you, 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 you treat them like hedgehogs and make them go, make them go between your wheels. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I won't ask yeah. how you... Yeah, go- the, only, yeah. the, the only time they get squashed, perhaps, is with a reliant three-wheeler. Right, I see, yeah. <laughs> Okay, there aren't many of those on the road anymore. No, no, so the, the plastic ducks will be quite safe. Yeah, they were. Okay, you've answered my question brilliantly. Um, now, you mentioned Andrew Neil, and of course we've had leaders' interviews with the famous Andrew Neil on the BBC, and I noticed that you haven't been invited. Do you feel left out? 
Um, I've been on the Andrew Neil show four times now. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, I do feel a bit left out. Well, Andrew Neil does know, and I'm pretty sure I'll be on there of my own accord eventually, quite soon, because although I am the leader of the Monster Raven Looney Party, as you quite rightly said, mm. I am Britain's longest-serving party political leader of 20 years. And this December the 1st, just gone, I've done 20 years and two months. I am now I am now the longest-serving party political, party political leader in Britain ever. Mm. 20 years and two months, I've actually overtaken Clement Attlee. Wow, I say congratulations. And? And not only that, you are, as you told me, you are potentially the leader of the biggest party as well. So you really ought to have been invited yes. by the BBC to be on the Andrew Neil yes, yes. interviews recently, yeah. Yes, yeah, should have been, yes, yes. Mm. The, the other big upshot of that story is, I've not done a lot about that story yet, because of the generation, obviously that's taken president. Mm. But when that's all over, the big part of that story is, I live in Fleet, as you quite rightly said, and so did Clement Attlee. Uh-huh. What about that? Uh, I see. That's rather wonderful, isn't it? Yeah. History comes round. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Clement Attlee actually played football in a fleet town. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Do you play football? Oh, I have done, yes. Okay, so um, another question here. You said about being potentially the biggest, you know, the monster party because of all the people who otherwise don't vote. Um, so are you really seeking power or are you just a protest party, really? Let me read to you my election communication, shall I? Yeah. This is what I say. I, Alan Howling Lord Hope, live in Fleet, North East Hence. So yes, in your constituency. I have been the leader of this party for the last 20 years. Currently Britain's longest serving party leader, which I said. We are the party that's on your side, no matter what your political persuasion may be. Please remember that the only wasted vote is one that's not used. If you don't usually vote, then vote unusually. Vote for me. If you have ever thought I want to vote for none of the above, I am none of the above. In this case, I should be in the middle of your voting slip, so I'm also none of the below. So come on, come on, let's see if we can get a couple of thousand votes between us. It won't win, but we certainly shake them up. He's behind you. You better get it right or else. Yours poldingly. Howling Lord, Alan Hope. <laughs> Excellent. Ah, but you're saying the opposite of Joe Swinson these days. She's saying that they might win, we might get the Liberal Democrats in, but you're saying, you're admitting that you will not win. Isn't that a bit defeatist? Well, to win, you've got to win 300 odd seats, haven't you? Mm-hmm. Well, we're not going to do that. We've only got 24 candidates standing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a bit of a flaw there, isn't it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, I mean, shouldn't your spiritual leader perhaps have given you the advice to field candidates in every constituency? I mean, your spiritual leader is Katmandu, isn't it? Katmandu was a joint leader with me. Yes. Until you're on over, yes. Yeah. <laughs> our, yes. Our spiritual leader is screaming Lord Touch. Oh, no, I understood last time you told me that, that Katmandu, the cat that got run over, is also another spiritual leader of the party. Okay, okay, perhaps I did, perhaps I did, but I don't necessarily remember saying that, but if I did, I did. But no, Screaming Lord Touch is obviously the spiritual leader. Oh, okay. And in fact, you mentioned me earlier on that's a flaw in our policies. Yes. Well, in our manifesto, we pledged to fight this election on an invisible platform so that nobody can see the flaws in our policies. (laughs) You did, yes, that's very true. But you're not, are you? Because you do, in fact, have candidates at least on some visible platforms, even though perhaps the majority won't be seen at various constituencies around the country, but you do have some that are visible. Oh, visible, surely. I don't know what you're getting at, Julian. We haven't got army camouflage uni- uniforms on, have we? But you, told, you <laughs> told me you're fighting on an invisible platform. In what sense is it invisible? 
so that you can't see the flaws in our policies. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. Um, well, let me ask you... Yeah, go on, go on. Uh, go on, carry on. All right, I want to ask you a sort of serious question here. I mean, all, all the questions have a serious side to them, but this one has got perhaps more of a serious side to it. Um, we've got this election coming up. It's just a few days from now, and... We all know that the way our election system works, because it's this first-past-the-post sort of thing, we're effectively presented with two main choices. So there's Labour or there's Conservative. And we know, as I've already said, you know, people like Joe Swinson go to great lengths to say they could come to power. But we know because of the system, the way it works, it's this polarised situation. So the electorate is faced with two choices, either a Tory government that will probably go on privatising the country playing lapdog to warmongers in Washington, etc., or we have possibility of a Labour government that will initiate uh, a retrogressive programme of renationalisation, spend the country into oblivion with massive national debt. Okay, so two unenviable choices. So my question is how, if the monster raving loony party were to come to power through people who otherwise wouldn't vote, voting for the monster party... How would you deal with the needs of the UK population without all this privatising, nationalising, warmongering, overspending? How, how would you do it? I've got no idea. <laughs> no idea at all. We'd have to listen to the same civil servants as they, they listen to, wouldn't we? But then again, when you, when you, if you consider what you just said now, yeah. you've got a choice, Labour or Conservative, basically. Basically. You know, in my lifetime, in my parents' lifetime, in my grandparents' lifetime, we have all of us only ever known Conservative and Labour. I'll tell you what's going to happen this generation. Either Conservative or Labour will win. So, is anything going to change? No, it's not. Mm. The only way you can make a change is for voting for somebody like me, as I say, not necessarily to win the seat, but to shake them up and say, oi, come on, get it right or else. So, there is no circumstance in which, even in the future, you are thinking of your party ever coming to power? Of course we could. I mean, you must. Ah. You, 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 ah. You, you, ah. Well, no, yeah, no. Ah. No, you no, got, no. You see, now, then my okay. question stands, doesn't okay. it? Ah. Yes, it does. Ah, no, 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 no. Yes, it stands. So how would you, if you did come to power, how would you do things differently? I don't know. <laughs> but why should people vote for you if you don't know? Well, do they know even? <laughs> no, I suppose they do. No, of course they do. But, but when, you, when, you, when, you, when you consider when the Tory started, when the Tory party first started out, they first started out, the Tory party was a rebel party, mm-hmm. just like the Monster Raven Looney party. If you look at their history, yeah. Tory, if you, look, if you look at the word Tory in a good dictionary, it means Irish rebel. What about that? So what are you saying, therefore, you would, you would sort of evolve if you were voted into a position of power? You would gradually evolve into something... Oh, evolve. That's, that's a good word. Yes, we'd evolve. <laughs> you, yes. Yes. So, 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 would. so people would have to put a great deal of faith in you to vote in you, even though neither they nor you would know how you were going to deal with the major problems of the country and just hope that you would evolve into, well, a nice, sensible... Well, not sensible, but um, no, what sensible. I say? Part, no, not sensible. A no, party, no, no. A party, a party that could get things done. Right, no, you, no, that's about it. A party that can do things, yeah. a party that wants to do things, a party that wants to do things for the people, a party that wants, wants to do things to make people happy, and a party that makes people want to live and live in our nation. But wouldn't you say that all parties, at least at least a lot of politicians, aspire to achieving that, although they try to do it in different ways that are perhaps not very successful? Well, they're not very successful, are they? So give us a chance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There you are. Okay. There you are. Mm, mm. okay um, 
Well, this year's election, then, you say you're, you've got how many candidates? 24 candidates. 24 candidates, 24 constituencies. They'll all probably lose their deposits, will they, would you say? Well, I'm hoping this time one of us won't. What do I say? Uh-huh. No, you mentioned, you mentioned earlier on about the, the party leaders. Now, I've been told, had we have had 25 candidates, I would have been invited onto that platform of them, Andrew Neil. 25? But we've only got 24. Oh, I see. No, I didn't know that oh. until about three or four days ago, and I thought, well, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I should have stood, you see. I did ask you in an email. Yeah, you could have I, done. I, yes, that's right. I said, because I'd have to have a loony name, and what did I suggest? Yeah. Uh, Joris Bonson, wasn't it, I think I suggested? Yeah, yeah. Or, or, um... I come back saying, no, spell your name backwards. I thought that was quite good. <laughs> I, I've, I've always been rather fond of Esley Prelvis, but uh, yeah. a bit like Bus Pass Elvis, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, do you, um, as a party, do you ever make electoral pacts with other parties, you know, so as to agree not to field candidates in a particular constituency in order to help out that other party? Have you ever done that sort of thing? Um, we've not done that in a by-election. But certainly, I mean, I'm not, I'm not standing in um, Uxbridge this time against Boris Johnson. Ah. Mr Lord Buckethead is, he's joined our party now. Yeah, absolutely, yes. Now, this is fascinating. How did you manage to get Lord Buckethead to join your party? He approached us. Really? Yeah, uh, I am Lord Buckethead. Um, I believe that you and your party, you, you and I, we have a lot in common. Can I join you? So he did. And there he's standing for us and getting Boris Johnson. But also, there's a, a Lord Binface as well, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's an independent. He's not part of your party, is he? No, no, no. Bin, Binface, no. Binface, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, you see, I contacted Lord Buckethead, I think, three times trying to have an interview with him, and he was just so prideful. It was amazing. He didn't even reply to me. And in one of the emails I sent to him, I was totally ingratiating and uh, and said something like, yes, I you know, recognise that you are the, the Lord of the Universe and all this sort of thing, and he still didn't get back to me. So what r- surprises me is that given his pride, his history of being so prideful, it seems amazing that he should then join a party. I wonder whether you've got his right email address. I think I sent it through a contact form on his very website. <laughs> he wants to take over the universe, doesn't he, or at least claim what he believes is his right to... Being recognised. Oh, you see, this is the thing. He re- he realises he realises now that we are both fighting for the same thing. Really, we want to rule the universe, not the universe. I, I, don't you run a? Where he's picked it up from? Yeah, but don't you run a danger in that because he's such a megalomaniac that he will basically take over your party and claim to be the master of the universe? No, 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 no. You can't do that. Why not? I'm the master of our party. Always will be. I'm the party leader. Hmm. I formed the party between the Lord Sash. And is this the same, the very same Lord Buckethead that uh, has been in many elections right back... No, 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 no. Oh, right oh, back oh. to the uh, the Thatcher era. What you don't know, then, is um, Lord Buckethead is a franchise. Oh. There's been three or four Lord Bucketheads. So it's like Doctor Who? Yes. So... Just, like, just like there was half a dozen Stigs in the Jeremy Clarkson show. More than one Stig. So you have a Lord Buckethead who then reincarnates as a different Lord Buckethead for a different political era. Ah. So now, if yes. you've been trying to contact Lord Buckethead ah. on some of the email you might have found, that won't be him. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I see. So I need to speak to the latest incarnation of him. Yes. Okay. Well, I may try that. Thank you. Of course, I will take those personal details off the edit here. Uh, he actually lives in Britain. <laughs> right. Okay. So the Lord of the Universe, uh, Master of the Universe, uh, lives in High Wycombe. Excellent. Yes. Mm. Yes. 
I notice also on that uh, Uxbridge and South Ryslip constituency where, of course, Boris Johnson will be standing, um, there is also somebody called Yace, Interplanetary Time Lord. Do you know anything about that person? No. <laughs> Nothing at all. Do, yes. <laughs> do, do, do you find it a little bit boring that people stand under the same sort of character, really? It all seems to be a spin-off of Lord Buckethead, really. Yeah. It's all a spin-off of the monster Raymond Ludi part, you know, because <laughs> way back yes. in 1973, when Lord Such stood against Margaret Thatcher in Finchley, she upped the deposit from £150 to £500 to stop the frivolous parties. There was only one frivolous party then, was the monster Raymond Ludi party, but she wouldn't mention our name, just the frivolous parties. So it was an attack on you, particularly? Yes, of course it was. Mm. And you have Nick the Incredible Flying Brick... Yes. He's standing in Jeremy Corbyn's constituency. That's right, yes. Uh, south south or north, um, whatever it is, yeah. Islington. Islington, that's right, yes. Yes. But the flying brick is our party treasurer. <laughs> OK, yeah. Um, and what, what about um, Baron von Thunderclap and Lady Lily the Pink? Are they both standing this time? Oh, yes, Baron von Thunderclap is standing in mid-Sussex. Uh-huh. In um, North Holmes' old seat, Nick Holmes' old seat. Winston Churchill's grandson, old seat. Oh, yes, Lady, yes, yes. Lady, Lady Lily the Pink is standing in Reckon and Radnorshire, where she had a very good result there in the um, recent by-election, where UKIP came last, came behind us. Wonderful. Uh, <laughs> she beat UKIP, yes. And if you remember way, yeah. way back in 1990, when um, the Monster Raven Looney Party stood in Bootle, the SDP was standing, David Steele, Dr David Owen and them, and we got more votes than the SDP. <laughs> Dr. David Owen was on television for the following week saying the words were exactly the monster raving loony party played no small part in my mind to wind my party up. <laughs> so this, we think this is what's going to happen to UKIP now. There's no point in them standing anymore, we don't think. <laughs> I see what you mean. You haven't got anybody uh, in Joe Swinson's constituency, have you, in East Dunbartonshire? No, we don't want to rule Scotland. Let them rule themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I, I, are you all... we, 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 my party is for our nation. What is best for our nation is what we want. And how do you define our nation? Our nation that we live in. <laughs> Great Britain, if you like. That's our nation, isn't it? I think so, anyway. For example, those in Cornwall would say they'd like to be separate. <laughs> those in Fleet, some of them are separate. <laughs> <laughs> um, OK, let's turn to your manifesto, then. Yep. This is the latest one. Yeah. Yeah, OK. So this is for the manic, not the few. And it starts with a pledge. We pledge to fight this election on an invisible platform. So we've already talked about that one. And you've you've told me there is a sense in which it is invisible. Um, I'm not quite sure about that one. Anyway, we'll move on. Um, Now, one of the things you say here is that you're going to deal with stress in the House of Commons. So your quote here is, in order to calm down the passions and the stresses currently exhibited in Parliament, the Looney Party would make all the MPs have half an hour's compulsory Tai Chi every day, this would counteract the 23 and a half hours of Chi Ting yes. they do for the rest of the time. Yes, yes. Okay, so my only problem with that is that 23 and a half hours, that makes the whole day. You say that MPs never sleep. They're cheating when they sleep as well, aren't they? <laughs> they sleep in the House of Commons as well, if uh, Jacob Rees-Mogg is to be understood. Yes, yes, yes. All right, what are you going to do about Brexit then? I mean, you've addressed the backstop, this famous backstop, haven't you? And you you say here that the border in Northern Ireland will be made out of sponge. 
Yeah. That's to prevent any kind of hard border. And I wanted to know from you what kind of sponge that would be. Because, I mean, if you had in mind sponge cake, that wouldn't last very long, would it? Because it would be eaten. Oh, that has to be an, an, an absorbent sponge, wouldn't it? A what sponge? An absorbent sponge. <laughs> a sponge. A sponge that soaks up all the animosity between North and South, Southern Ireland. I see, so not... Absorbent sponge. An absorbent one, the sort of thing you do the washing with. Yeah, 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 yeah. Soak up all the animosity. That's an excellent idea. Yes, excellent idea. So do you actually envisage a, a physical washing sponge between Era and Northern Ireland? Do you know what, Julian? Mm. I'm beginning to believe that you say you're going to join our party. Yes. You, you just might be overqualified, you know, coming up with a statement <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, thank you very much I'm, yes I'm chuffed by that remark thanks very much <laughs> you've, got, you've, got, you've got to read through it come on our policy, our policy my policy on Brexit has always been from day one in out in out shake it all about now as I said to you earlier on politicians and MPs yeah. often look at our manifesto and listen to things that I say well in out in out shake it all about yeah. They, they've taken notice, haven't they? That's exactly what they've done for the last four years. <laughs> That's true, but if you're looking at your manifesto, it's not in, out, in, out, shake it all about, is it? It's, it's in. You say that you should stay, we should stay in the EU, and then you'll sack all the other countries. Yes, yes, yes. How is that in, out, in, out, shake it all about? That's the policy of the party. My policy is in, out, in, out, shake it all about. <laughs> and right, the right. Other, my other policy is... Okay, if we're going to join Europe, let's join it properly. Let's insist that because we are the biggest island that Europe's got, we become the tax haven. Ah, we can, yes. We can then we can then tell the gnomes of Zurich to go and sling their hooks to the nearest fish pond, and we will end up only in Europe without them, only us. How does this fit with you saying they should join the pound? How can they join the pound if they've been thrown out of the Union? That's another option. That's another option. Oh, I see. When, right. when, you, when you go to places like Germany, France, and uh, Italy, Portugal, you talk to ordinary people in the pubs, ordinary people in the street, like you and me, if you like. Mm-hmm. They don't want to be in this Euro thing either. They want their own currency back. They want their own identity back. They're only in it because the politicians want them in it. Mm-hmm. It's all to do with politics, isn't it? Well, I take your point, but I mean, if you were to say to the Italians, well, okay, um, yeah, I know you'd like to have your Italian lira back... But instead of that, we're going to say to you, you're going to have to join the pound. They'd love it. They're not going to like that either. Well, I think they would. Everybody, every country wants the pound sterling, don't they? When you, when you go on holiday, they ask for your pound sterling. Or the dollar, the American dollar. Or the American dollar, yes, yes. The pound sterling means something all over the world, much more than any other currency, even more than the dollar in some cases. Well, I'm, I'd have to ask people in other countries what they think of that, but I should think some people would resent it. Well, some people might. If they do, they do, they do. It's only, only ideas. With the Monster Raven Looney Party, mm. you can take every policy with a pinch of salt twice a day if you want. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think I picked that up last time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, underneath, underneath it all, it means something. Mm, mm. Well, your policy on identity theft certainly means something. And in principle, I, I rather like the idea. You propose to prevent identity theft instantly... By calling everybody Dave. Yes. Now, I mean, I can see how that would work. If everybody had the same name, then it's not possible for anybody to steal anybody's uh, identity, of course. But as I said to you in an email, wouldn't that be a problem for people who might want to have a female name? Yes, I agree with you. Mm. I come up with Dave and Davinia. You did. 
You did. Have you changed that policy yes. on your Facebook page? No, 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 no. Not yet, no. Not yet? It was only a few days from the yeah. election. I know it is. I know it is. Yeah but... yeah, but think of how many female votes you're going to lose through that policy that you haven't changed. Yes, OK, I'll get on to it now. Should we finish? <laughs> okay, good. Well, that, that's. I'm absolutely delighted that I've actually managed to change one of your policies. That's fantastic. Yes. Mm, yeah. mm, mm, mm. And the same with the culture. Yes, I agree with you. We, we call it the kinship section. Yeah, you almost explained this. So this is another policy that you are going to change slightly because of my emails to you. This is superb. Yes. So you said yes. in your original version of the manifesto, the British Museum should have a daddy's section alongside the current mummy exhibition. Yes. Uh, but then I pointed out to you that maybe you should have an uncle section as well and um, perhaps yes. an auntie section. Yeah. And obviously some mothers are aunties, for example, and daddies are uncles, so there are going to be sort of intersections of those particular sections of the museum. And you came up with, what did you say, a kinship? Was it kinship? Yes, yes. the kinship section, yes. So the kinship section would be the whole museum? kinship section would be the part of the museum of the families. Be the, right. the mummies and daddies in the, in the mummy so, section. So the mummies, in the sense of the Egyptian mummies, would be inside that section. Yes. Right. Okay. Right. Well, I think that's a very good, very good idea. Mm. Yes, and I hope you will also put that on the Facebook page. Yeah, I'll send all these to our. Are you serious? Very, very shortly. Thank you very much. Mm. Okay. Well, what about transport? Um, you say that you will paint yellow lines where you can park. Yes. Um, for those of you listening in different countries, of course, if you've got a couple of yellow lines by the side of the road, that's where you can't park at the moment. But you'll put yellow lines where you can park. Yep. I thought that was a good idea, but there are lots and lots of yellow lines around already, so I thought perhaps you could save money by using a different colour of paint, and then you needn't erase the old yellow lines. And do if you want. You can do if you want. Mm-hmm. Or get black over the yellow lines. You could do. It all makes sense underneath. It does all make sense underneath. Yes, you have to think in a different way, don't you? Mm. You have, a, you have a, a policy here about oyster cards. Yes. You say you will call them sardine cards instead yes. to better reflect the experience when travelling on public transport. Yes. Again, I, I rather like this, but isn't that rather fishy? <laughs> Only if you can't find a place to sit or somewhere to perch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, true. Um, perhaps less convincing is your policy to do with the NHS. I think the NH- our policy on the NHS is very, very good. Do you? Yeah, we've reduced the letters in the alphabet to 23. Doing away with the NHS, so nobody can mess with them. Nobody could even refer to it? No. They couldn't give them away if they weren't there, could they? That's what I'm saying. Are they talking about giving the NHS to America or to Russia or something? Ah, I see. I see what you mean. Yeah. I don't think it's Russia, is it? Sorry, I read in the paper yesterday. Russia's looking into it. I was... <laughs> <laughs> Russians always seem to be dragged into everything in the media. Um, so you you would say the alphabet then would have twenty three letters. So the letters N, H, and S just wouldn't exist anymore in the English language. No, right. They wouldn't the English language, but not NHS together. Oh, I see. Okay, well, wouldn't the uh, NHS then just get called something else, like the, I don't know, the Illness Response and Prevention Service or something like that? And then you'd have to you'd have to get rid of other letters. Stop putting ideas in there, mind, will you? All right, so you wouldn't, you wouldn't actually get rid of the actual letter N from the English language. So it wouldn't be that somebody, let's say, called Natasha would have to be called Atasha. It wouldn't be like that. If she wanted to be, she could be. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, she wouldn't have to be, would she? Because the, the letter N would, would still exist. If she did away with the letter H, my name would be Hope. Not Hope. <laughs> it would. 
So you're, yes. you're not you're not suggesting that. You're suggesting NHS those three letters together. Yes. Mm. It's just that nobody can mess with them. Nobody can give them away and say, "Here, America, here, NHS now belongs to you." Actually, that's quite yeah. I see. I see the point in that. Mm. But what about the uh, the pregnancy thing? That seems a little bit ambitious. You say that you propose to um, now what is it? Uh, reduce pregnancy from nine to seven months. Wouldn't that be... I mean, how are you possibly... You've got to change biology or you've got to make time go faster? No, 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 no. The woman, the woman isn't allowed to announce that she is pregnant until after a second month. So you don't actually reduce the term of pregnancy at all? No, of course not. When you says here, you propose to... You say, in an effort to reduce the problems faced by the NHS, and we're going to have to use those letters because you haven't yes. actually got rid of those yet, right? Yes, yes. It is proposed, so your party is proposing, yes. to reduce pregnancy yes. from nine to seven months. What don't you understand about that? Well, you're not reducing pregnancy, are you? Of course we're not. Let's make it ten months then, not nine. <laughs> You've got to read between the lines, Julian. Come on. So, so what you mean is that you reduce the public knowledge of a pregnancy? Yes. Ah, yes. right. Yes. Well, how does that help? How does that reduce the burden on the NHS? I don't know, but it might help. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it might do. But then you could just say lots of things might help. Yes. Lots of things won't help, lots of things will help. So you could just have... I mean, your policy is to do lots of things that might help the NHS, yes. but you're not, you're not necessarily spelling what those things are, any, spelling them out. Does any, other, does any other party do that? No. <laughs> No, no. Uh, it's a good point, though. There could be lots of hidden things in there that could be really beneficial for the NHS. That's true. Yes, of course mm. they could. Mm. Yes. All right. Okay. Yes. Well, I've, I've come a little bit more come round to that set of policies there. Um, animal welfare. Yes. You are going to protect pets um, and people who have a nervous disposition. You're going to protect pets and, and certain people by introducing silent fireworks. Yes. Now I can see that would be very good when we get to november time lots of fireworks around and they do upset they certainly upset my mum's cat yes um so if you had silent fireworks that would be great but how on earth are you going to make these fireworks silent they go bang and that's it don't put any gunpowder in them well how are they going to sparkle if there's if there's no gunpowder in them oh it's just a salt pigeon that makes the sparkle isn't it not the, it's not the bang I see, so it would just be like little sprinklers that people hold in their hands, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah something like that, yeah. So I'm sure it can be done. Well, it would, the displays would be very boring, wouldn't they? wouldn't have any rockets going off in the air or Catherine wheels. Or... You, you, you probably would, you probably would. Well, how are you going to make it so they don't make any noise? Rockets don't necessarily bang, do they? They go whoosh, they go whoosh, like that. Oh, I okay. <laughs> Stop being pedantic, come on, get on with it. <laughs> You said, in an email you said to me, that one idea you had was to put little earmuffs on all the pets. Introduce animal ear protectors. Yes. Yes. Well, would those be free, as it were, I, I, provided for by taxation? Or, or... I, I don't know. You might get them through the NHS. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> You're feeding me lines there, come on. But nobody... You're feeding me lines. <laughs> <laughs> but no, nobody would have been able to claim them because they wouldn't be able to write the letters down, but never mind. Um, here's a very important one. Uh, you're going to combat uh, corruption yes. in public life, and the way you're going to do that is by taking part in it openly. Yes. You're going to introduce a board of bribery, yes. uh, and that will set the standardised rates for bribery across the whole nation. Mm. Well, what you, what, you, what you must consider is, I mean, my answer to that was, bribery has always been legal, as long as it's not in a brown envelope. So it's always been what, sorry? Bribery has always been legal, as long as it's not in a brown envelope. 
anybody seen past the brown envelope, the MP's in trouble, isn't he? Right. It's even the brown envelope. If you gave him a, if you gave him a fifty pound note in his hand, nobody would know, would they? I, I see. But isn't isn't there a problem that if you actually introduce a board of bribery, you bring the whole thing out into the open? then all those people who are taking bribes would be known because their cases would come up before the board. Yes. So it wouldn't be bribery anymore, would it? It would be all in the open. Oh. Aha. Yes. I see. So that is actually, by bringing it into, in the open, you're effectively legalising all bribery. Yes. So why would we call it bribery anymore? It would just be payment, wouldn't it? You probably wouldn't. No, it's just, yes. Right, OK. Yeah. A, b- a birthday present. A, b- a birthday present, yeah. That's bribery, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> it certainly can be. If you're not a good boy, you're not getting a birthday present, OK? That's bribery, isn't it? Yes, I see what you mean. Would you scrap Trident? The three-pronged fork. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, probably yes, we would. But we wouldn't tell any other country we've done that. We'd tell all the other countries we've got ten, just to keep them on their toes. We've got... For every continent, ah. they don't mess with us. I see. Don't mess with us. So you would, in fact, get rid of it. You'd stop funding it, but you would just basically lie to the whole world. I mean, politicians. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 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 Why, why yes. change yes. that? Yes, that's right. Just like yes. any other yes. politician. Yes. Yes. Say, that's right. Yes. Um, yes. So you'd say a lie yes. to the world and um, just hope that they believe it. And they hadn't heard this particular interview where you admit that you would, in fact, scrap Trident. There is nothing wrong with the sensible lie. Uh, so you might be lying now, of course. Might be. That's part of the bluff, I suppose. There's a power yeah. of it. Yeah, so even if they listen to this, they don't actually know whether you're telling the truth or not. Ah, well, we tell everybody we've got ten of them, not one. It's always the same case. Baffles brains. Tell them you've got ten. <laughs> yeah, tell them you've got ten. Um, all right, so um, could you summarise in your own words then why you think that people in a few days from now should vote, if they're in a constituency where you are actually fielding a candidate, why should they vote for you? In that, just talking through some of the items that are in your manifesto, it's fairly malleable. We've heard that it's malleable because I've sent suggestions to you by email and you're going to change a few things. Um, some of the things are obviously satirical. Some of them have a slightly more serious aspect to them. Um, you're not going to come to power. Uh, you've admitted that, although you hopefully will will change something of the political landscape by your being there in the political world. Okay, so why should people vote for you, knowing all that about your party? Well, simply because the biggest catchphrase of all is for all those people who belong to the monster party. If you don't usually vote, then vote unusually. Vote for me. Vote loony. That's good enough. But might it, in some cases, stop another candidate getting in who might make real difference? Like who? Labour or Conservative? <laughs> They're not going to go there, it? Where, where I live here in North East Hampshire, yeah. the Conservative candidate is going to romp home by about twenty, twenty-five thousand votes. Yes. So if you want to make a difference, it makes no difference to him if you vote for me. Uh-huh. It will make a difference if I get three or four thousand votes to save my deposit, and I'll shake them up. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So do you tend to field candidates in constituencies which are safe seats so that you won't actually change what the result will be? No, I'm, I, I normally stand against, um, last time I was against Theresa May, time before that Boris Johnson, David Cameron, I've stood against um, Michael Portillo before now, a lot of big hitters. The only reason I'm standing in North East Hampshire this time in fleet. I'm not doing one of the big ones. It's because it's December, and I can't afford to be away for 10 days in December, which I normally would be. If I were somewhere up in Yorkshire or Leeds or somewhere like that, um, I'd I'd, I'd be up there for 10 days. 
I just haven't got the time to do that. In December, I've got too much on. Fair enough. That's why I'm standing in my local constituency. I see. Fair enough. And of the 24 candidates that you have around the country, will they be easily identifiable by, by what they're wearing? I mean, I'm oh, looking... Oh, yes. Yes, I'm looking at your website here, and you have the banner across the page, and each... I presume the people actually are all members of the party, though not yes, necessarily. Yes. They're not all standing necessarily, are they? No, but no, uh, they're all—they're all wearing what one might describe as pantomime costumes or fancy dress. So presumably that would be the case up and down the country. Oh yes, yes, yes. In uh, northeast Surrey, I think something like we've got a reverend standing, Reverend Martin Ogden. Is he a real reverend? Yes. Yeah. Excellent. Will Lord Buckethead still have his distinctive hat? Well, I certainly hope so. Or else he wouldn't be Lord Buckethead, would he? Well, I wouldn't have thought so, but I mean, he could claim to be. He could have a, a much shorter bucket on his head and still claim to be Lord Buckethead, but I hope it's going to be as, as extravagant as it always has been. Um, it depends how long neck the other, the other Lord Buckethead was, where, where the eyes come. <laughs> yes, it does, yes, yes. <laughs> well, I very much hope that I'll be able to contact the one and only Lord Buckethead. Yes, do who... so, yeah. You tell him, tell him, tell him, yes. tell him I, I gave you his number. Yes. And... Uh, I've given you. I've given you my permission to contact him. Your blessing. Yeah. Um, and I will say to him that uh, I am absolutely amazed that he has condescended to be part of a of a party of a political party because I understood that he was a one lord band, as it were, and that whenever you spoke to him, he would just say, "I am Lord Buckethead," as if he owned the universe. So I'm amazed that he's joined you. Well, that's what Lord Buckethead said to me in Uxbridge when I when I met him there. Yeah. Um, so he made him head. Right. I looked him straight in the face and I said. You're not the real Lord Buckethead from years ago, are you? Yes. And all he said was, I am Lord Buckethead. Yeah. I knew that he wasn't. There you are. Here's a franchise. So he has now changed character, become more more humble these days? I don't know. Ah. I, I've not met the new one yet. Oh, I see. Okay. Well, that was fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So we're on the phone a few times and text each other and email each other. I haven't met him. And he signs up to your manifesto and all your party intentions? He doesn't necessarily have to. Ah, that's interesting. Is that true of all your candidates, that they don't necessarily have to toe the party line? Yes, of course it is. So would each candidate around the country have their own distinctive manifesto? For their own constituency, yes, maybe. But not, not on a national basis? No, no. We, you, you can pick some of our national ideas and mix them up with the things going wrong or you want to put right in your own constituency and put them all together. And they, they wouldn't be in contradiction to each other? Okay. Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, thank you ever so much, Alan, for coming back on thank the you, Julia, yeah. show. It's been a delight to speak to you, as as it was last time. Yep. Um, I've followed your party since I was, uh, you know, quite young, actually. Every time I would see, you know, televisation of an election and see a representative of your party there, I'd be delighted that you were yes. up there. And uh, it, it always brought cheer to the whole atmosphere of an election and i'm delighted lots of that people lots mm. thousands of people say that that's the same thing to me yes even even mps say to me it's a good job here because it's not a general election it's not a parliamentary election or proper parliamentary election without without the loony party yeah. they say that themselves yeah that is wonderful and of course you have these photographs of you standing next to these really well-known people as well there's one way i yes. think you're standing right next to david cameron and he uh he looks quite surprised to have bumped into you i think it's holding my hand in the air as if I won. <laughs> Wonderful. And that, that picture made the um, the headlines of the Times in Slovenia, of all places. <laughs> I, I went over there because I was running out of friendly over there at the time. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went out there, people in Slovenia, they don't know anything about, anything about English politics. 
a lot of them thought that David Cameron was holding my hand in the air because I won. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, I hope you do win. Well, yes. And um, you're going to say to people that they should vote for insanity because they should know it makes sense. Is that your... Yes. That's your line, isn't it? Yes. Yes. Vote for insanity. You know it makes sense. There's nothing wrong with sensible looneyism. There is nothing wrong with sensible looneyism. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Alan. It's been a delight okay, to speak to you. Yeah, Thanks well for coming on the show. All the best okay. to you. And for the 12th, all the best. Okay, thank you very much.